0: This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted
1: by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast, Raw Rundown. My name is Adam Glynn. Over there is Dax Holt. Here is the top 10 stories of the week. I'm on the East Coast. Dax on the West Coast. Uh, you know, obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast, you guys know in the middle of the week, we drop an interview or we do a random episode or we just... We have some random fun. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, We talk to pop lots. We talk to celebrities. We talk to journalists. We talk to them all. On the end of the week, we try to fill you guys in so you guys know everything that's going on in the world of pop culture. We are two entertainment journalists with more than a decade experience. I'm in Miami right now. Dax is in California. What is up, my friend? Not too
0: much, buddy. I feel like it was a huge week in entertainment news. I feel like every day I was like oh, this needs to hit the rundown. Oh, this needs to hit the rundown. So I feel like this is a pretty solid rundown for us right now.
1: Yes, yeah, some weeks, I'm not going to lie, some weeks are a stretch. We're trying to figure out what story is based on the Google searches, based on the clicks, that is the biggest story. This week, I felt like it was pretty self-explanatory. It was actually sort of fun. I kind of write down notes during the week. Um, but before we get to the raw rundown, we appreciate your reviews. We appreciate them so much. They actually, we actually re- read them on the air. Dax, do you have a review ready for us?
0: I do. All right. This one's from Prince Depp. Five stars. Great podcast. This is my favorite podcast to listen to. I'm very picky about the cadence of one's voice when it comes to podcasts. Well, apparently we have made that cadence. So yes. Thank yeah. you so much, Prince Depp. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Appreciate all of you who uh, leave us reviews, really means a lot
1: to us. And the best thing to do to support this podcast is keep the reviews coming in, helps out with the algorithm, helps out with the charts. So please, please leave a review. On to the Raw Rundown, the top 10 stories of the week, starting with number 10.
0: Number 10, it's all about Charlie Sheen. Um, He is opening up a lot about his last six years of sobriety and how he is in a very different place right now than he was six years ago, which – uh, that's a good thing because he was pretty wild for some time there. I remember for like every day, it was like when I was working at TMZ, it was like, Charlie Sheen, what did he do last night? But, uh, you know, one of the big stories that has come out is him and Denise Richards are actually in a really, really good place right now. They went through so much crap together that they apparently have realized, like, at the end of the day, we've hated each other so much that there's nothing left to hate about each other. And now we just focus on the kids. So he, um, he told People Magazine that they're absolutely friendly, that uh, they have been opening, uh, you know, that over the last couple of years that they have been good. They went through so much crap together that he said, I don't think that either one of us has energy, any energy left to be divisive. The only thing that matters is the kids. We knew that we had to park our nonsense and focus on the children because we had nothing to do. Uh, they had nothing to do with any of our crud. So uh, I like seeing that. Um, as for... His relationship with Brooke Mueller, um, that sounds a little different. It sounds like he is kind of um, the main dad in that situation with their two twins. Um, He made it almost sound like Brooke's not in the picture so much. He said he's a single dad um, where Brooke's friends are coming out and saying, no, 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 she's there. The kids live with Charlie in Malibu right now because Brooke is building a house down there and so that she doesn't really have a home for the kids to live in, so he's taking care of them. But um, they're trying to make it sound like uh, all is still good with Brooke in the picture as well.
1: Yeah, it's good to hear Charlie in a good <laughs> space. Uh, I think we're all rooting for him. I mean, there was we were rooting for him during his downfall, let's be honest, when everything was kind of going rough for him and when he was in a rough place, he was doing that tour. Um, <laughs> we, we were also rooting for that. We were like kind of egging him on. Now it's kind of good that he kind of has been quiet the last couple of years. I know he's on this new show, Bookie, Sebastian Mascalco. But, um, yeah, I think it's just nice to hear a guy who kind of had a really bad rough patch, but now is like being a good dad. He also
0: I was going to say, you know what I think is the biggest teller that he's healthy is that that show that you mentioned, Bookie. He's doing it with Chuck Lorre. Or Chuck Lorre, yeah. I, th- I think is how you actually say his last name, Chuck Lorre, who was the executive producer and creator of Two and a Half Men, and who he famously, uh, I mean, he was that was he had that fallout with Chuck Lorre, and that's why he was fired from Two and a Half Men, and now they're working together on this new show. Like they've buried the hatchet, and um, I guess they do like point to that in some of the episodes where he said it would be impossible to write about the Charlie Sheen and Chuck Lorre reunion without dropping a few nuggets from the demise. So it could be really interesting seeing these two powerhouses actually come back together and do they make a good show again?
1: Yeah, uh, I am curious about this show. I think actually if you want to go really into the show Bookie, it's going to be a big thing for Sebastian Mascalco, who has been one of the biggest comedians in the world, And is he able to translate that fan base and that comedy from the stage into TV? Mm -hmm. Sometimes with these comedians, people only want to see them on stage. They don't really kind of navigate with them onto TV. I mean, there's some guys that do. But, you know, for example, Chris Rock, I mean, he did have the big set in Fargo recently. But I feel like the audience really just wants to see Chris on stage. They love him as a stand-up comic, as an actor. It hasn't really – Translated to huge success, but obviously this story is really about Charlie Sheen. I'm glad he's in a happy place. We always, uh, you know, we we always, uh,
0: you know, we like to root on people when they they fall into yeah. the depths and then they have started to come back. I I'm always about that. Like if you can rectify your life, if you can be that phoenix and rise again, by all means, I'm there for it.
1: Hollywood loves a comeback. Dax number nine.
0: Number nine, Taylor Swift celebrating her birthday. Um, you know, this was obviously a big birthday for her because she has been what the queen of the world right now. I feel everyone's talking about Taylor Swift, but uh, she hit up Zero Bond with a couple of her buddies, uh, Selena Gomez, Miles T- How do you say his name? Miles Teller. Miles Teller. <laughs> I I've completely switched she- that up in my head. Miles Teller. Yeah.
1: Um, his, wife, and- his wife has a different name. Like, she doesn't – I don't think she goes by Taylor. Yeah. So she doesn't have the same last name. I mean, she does and she doesn't. Her stage, Correct. her professional name is a different name. So, so go on. this,
0: this was uh, Taylor's 34th birthday on December 13th. Um, but I, I'm telling you, the world's been talking about her. The only person that wasn't at her birthday was Travis Kelsey. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting because they've been uh, kind of inseparable lately. But uh, maybe it was just a he couldn't get there or whatever the case was, but she came strolling out. She had like a – what would you call that? Like a mustard color jacket on. I don't know. She looked really good.
1: She looked good. She's doing her birthday well. She's at Zero Bond. I mean she's putting Zero Bond on. Not like Zero Bond needed a commercial because I think a lot of people are very curious about going to Zero Bond. They're like, I want to go to the places where Tara Swift goes. However, you will never get into Zero Bond. The wait list is incredible. It's a membership only. The membership cost is not that much. However, it's just very exclusive.
0: How Um, many people do you think would just pay a membership because they're like, God, she keeps going there. Like, I want to go. I want to see Taylor Swift.
1: People have offered over a million, close to a million dollars from what I know to become a member of Zero Bond and they've turned those people away because they just want to keep it very exclusive. To be honest with you, is it worth a million dollars? Absolutely not. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very cool place. It's, you know, it could be a little bit of a, we work, but it's just a restaurant, a lounge. There's no pool. There's no beach access. It really doesn't really translate into much, but for people, for, but for people who are very affluent, I guess money doesn't matter. It's just a very cool social club where they can feel private. There's no cameras. Um, Yeah. With that said, Taylor Swift has not been hiding from the paparazzi, obviously. She doesn't hide from the cameras. She can say what she wants about the photographers, but they help keep her career going. When she doesn't want to be seen, she doesn't. she's not seen. But when she wants to be seen, she's seen. The most interesting part about this is that she was nominated, or she she was, Time 100's most influential person, was it? Uh, yeah. And she did not go to the, the party. She skipped the party. It was her birthday, and she was like, yeah, I'm not going to the party, which – very uh alpha move. I respect props, but uh, she's like I'm so to-
0: influential, I don't need your party.
1: I'm Thanks, influential so. enough where I don't you need me more than I need you. And yep. uh she's right, but uh good for Taylor. Happy birthday, 34. Uh yeah. I mean, I wonder if she's like 34 going on 50 because she's just I, I never met her. Like, I don't know. I don't I wonder if she's like an old woman at heart. Hmm. Like if she's oh. just an old soul. I don't really know how she is. And it's funny. I have some mutual friends. I have to ask them like, dude, you've been around her. What's her vibe? Is she actually cool? Is it weird? And I want to ask them.
0: I I think I'm wondering now if Taylor has like basically conquered the world. Is she going to now is, is Travis, that guy that she settles down with has the kids with, you know, like she's 34. So does she go, okay, now I want that family. I've had all the success in the entire world. You know, that's what most people want to do. They go, let let me put family and kids on hold so that I can let my career, you know, skyrocket. Where else does she go from here? She's had the biggest music career out of almost anyone. At this point now, do you go, okay, let me focus on having those kids and doing that family life and then reemerge again?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Dax, number eight.
0: Number eight, Todd Chrisley, all locked up and hating prison. Um, So he did an interview in which he, um, and by the way, this interview was for, let's see, with Brian Eaton on Chris Cuomo's News Nation show. Um, So he did this interview talking about what prison life is like. He's talking about how, you know, it is just miserable. The food is disgusting in there that people are trying to blackmail him for money All kinds of stuff. I guess there was a photo taken of him while he was sleeping, sent to his daughter asking for $2,600 a month for his protection. Um, There's recordings of staff members talking about him according to him, or he needs to be humbled. He says he thinks he's, uh, you know, that the person was like, oh, he thinks he's in one of these mansions that he used to live in. But no, he's in basically prison. That's what he'll need. So I mean, he, he claims that the, there's black mold, that there's dead animals, that um, they're starving him, that they basically they give out almost no food, like a thousand calories a day in food. And so he's using his own money to go to the commissary to buy additional food. And he said, then there's some guard that came in and now she's restricting how much food he can buy from the commissary. He said that before he could buy like 12 packs of tuna a week. Then she came in, cut it down to six. Then it went from six to three. She hasn't given any reason. She said that the commissary is a privilege, not a right. He goes, you know, so I'm like, I eat tuna, I eat peanut butter, but that's all the protein I get. He goes, I, I, I have a pasta salad that I make. Then it all starts over the next week. Um, he claims that there's squirrels running around. There's rats running around. They found a dead cat that fed out, fell out of the ceiling because of the black mold. Um, so... Clearly not enjoying prison so much, but that's what happened. So pay your taxes, people.
1: Yeah, it's uh, – what, what do you say? It's prison. I don't know. Listen, there – it's prison. You want it to sort of – I mean, it's supposed to suck. However, there is supposed to be some uh, rules to it as far as cleanliness for people. People deserve yeah, to kind of live. human to, beings
0: at the end of the day.
1: But, Dax, uh, there is another story to that that – prison has responded to those accusations. Do you, can you tell me about those accusations? Uh, the they basically
0: responded? defended their their meals. They said that our meals are appetizing and uh, they blasted saying that there's not uh, animals that it's not animal infested meals. Um, so they they talked to TMZ and kind of uh, refuted his claims that uh, people can't eat their food and that it's disgusting. So the jail is claiming they're all good there.
1: Yeah, um, I have avoided prison um, my whole life. So <laughs> I haven't experienced it. Somehow I've been avoiding it. However, I did have a buddy who's in a corrections officer, and I asked him. I was like, "How is the food?" He's like. It's not bad. And he says, like, I, he's eating the food like occasionally. So that's all I know about his job, but he's at a jail in Jersey. I don't know how the, the jail that Todd's at, and I would imagine Todd's at more at, like, a what do you call it, a white collar prison where it's, like, not as bad, I think. Um, and I could be, I, I from what I understand, the prison that Todd is at is not one of the, the worst prisons out there. Todd is possibly used to it. However, Todd's, you know, he needs to make money. And, he needs to keep his name afloat. So he's gonna try to do what he needs to do to kind of keep his name. But is he in gonna be able to really
0: keep his name afloat for it's a 12 year sentence? How do you keep your name afloat for 12 years? Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Listen, by putting out stories like this, they've been pretty good. He's been away for a while so far. I mean, he does have a long sentence, but he's been away for a while. So far, he's done a decent job at kind of keeping his name in the media since he's been away.
0: Yeah. True.
1: You know, it's uh, so it's not going to be easy, but these are good talking points. And, for you know, who knows? Next time you might say that, hey, he's become uh, a preacher in the church. Who knows? Maybe he became a boyfriend. I don't know. Who, who, he'll, <laughs> he figure got a name to keep his name afloat because this is what he's chosen. This is how he, ne- he needs to kind of monetize himself for when he gets out of prison because he needs yeah. to have a job. He's not going to be there his whole life, so he's just doing a sentence. Dax, the number seven story.
0: Uh, It's all Jonathan Major stuff. Um, A bunch of the audio recordings to his ex-girlfriend were unsealed in that assault trial. So a lot more evidence has now come out in this domestic violence case. Um, You know, before it was only previously shown to like a six-person jury, but then they unsealed it by the judge and released it to the public. So now we're kind of getting a glimpse more into what really happened that night of the allegedly violent confrontation in the backseat of the car between Majors and his former girlfriend, Grace. Um, so basically, there was voice recordings, there's videos, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, they met while they were filming, back in 2001, they were filming Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania, and then they ended up staying together until the that night of the alleged incident, and that's when they they ended up breaking up. Uh, but basically, there's video from inside the car showing the that he... I guess she grabbed the phone out of his hand after seeing a text, presumably from another woman saying, wish I was kissing you right now. And then he allegedly snatched the phone back and that's what she testified. Well, then uh, she claimed he grabbed her finger, twisted her arm behind her back and hit her in the head and then released some photos of her injuries with a bruised middle finger and a gash on her head. And then the couple's driver ended up stopping the car said, uh, you know, Uh, time to get out. Um, And that's where she claims he threw her back into the vehicle. Um, Prosecution said though they had footage of the incident that shows uh, major repeatedly pushing her back into the vehicle with all of his force. Well, in the surveillance video majors are shown picking up Jabari. I guess that's how you say her last name after she gets out of the backseat and placing her back in the vehicle. Um, After she leaves the car again, the two had a head to the sidewalk where they get in a short scuffle and then um, uh, Jabari then chases after majors. So Major's attorney have claimed that Jabari was the aggressor in the incident that um, uh, what's also interesting is the hired driver testified earlier this week that he do, he did nothing wrong and was doing everything and that she was doing everything. Um, so this could get actually pretty interesting now that people are able to see the footage, see what really happened going in in there. Maybe this perception changes a little bit, but I'm curious to see how this whole thing turns out because it's a very, you know, he said versus what she said.
1: Yeah, I don't know which side people are on for this. It's, uh, it's. I think we're all just curious to see the final results. I'm surprised there was so much video footage that they're able to get regarding this whole incident. Yeah, I think we're curious to see if he gets away. I don't know. I don't have... Uh,
0: Well, there's also there's a recording that came out from September of 2022, and it's a conversation between the two of them. And you can hear like he is he is criticizing her for returning home drunk after a night out and for not supporting him enough. Uh, At least that's what that's according to the transcript. So uh, I don't know. I I am all these these stories always fascinate me because I just am. Always interested to see how it ends up like, you know, you also got Megan Good, which is Jonathan Major's new girlfriend. She has been showing up to almost every court case, supporting him, being by his side um, to show that uh, she's there for him.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is one of those things I'm just going to wait to the end. I really don't have a comment on it or opinion on it until it finally comes out. I just think this week was a huge week with the video kind of coming to face and let people kind of form their own opinion of what happened that night. Um, the driver speaking about it was definitely a big thing. So I don't know how much longer this case has till it's settled, mm-hmm. but I think we're all just trying to eagerly waiting to what's going to happen because there's this guy's career is on the line and he yep. was, he's a big actor, very big Oh, actor. He got, uh, he got
0: super famous, super quick hit a, you know, got into a lot of big movies. Uh, but at the end of the day, if he is, you know, abusing women, then he needs to face consequences for that.
1: Yes. Dax. The uh, next story, which would be number six,
0: number six. Tom Cruise uh, allegedly dating a new woman. Um, there's a report that came out that he has found love with uh, a woman that is half his age. Which I definitely didn't see this one coming. But um, uh, so I guess he has been canoodling. That's the word canoodling. Who
1: uses canoodling. That the world? What a weird term. Yeah, it is
0: a weird term with a socialite called. And I am going to butcher this name, uh, Elsina Kashrova. Um, does that name? It I don't. You're not going to know if I said that right or not. I
1: originally. don't know her. I don't follow her. Very pretty girl, though.
0: Yeah. So they they reportedly arrived at a, a party at London's Mayfair around 9 p.m. on December 9th and were seen packing on the PDA and canoodling. Uh, they were uh, inseparable, according to one uh, one person that was there. Clearly, a couple. He seemed to be. Beso- besotted with her, what the fuck are up with these words? Who talks yeah, like know. this? Are these this like British words? Canoodling, I think the Scientology with her? yeah.
1: Scientology Ugh. department wrote this story. I don't Can't know how
0: this used was... normal words like he slapped her butt or something. Like, come on, uh, I guess he, uh, according to the eyewitness, he spent most of the night dancing with her, but at one point he was just throwing himself around the middle of the group of women. All right, weird, but okay, yeah, we'll go I with do.
1: that. <laughs> I'm losing my voice over here. Um, yeah, I think we're all kind of curious to see, you know, who's Tom's next, you know, partner. Um, you don't hear much about him dating. This girl, very pretty. I mean, obviously, young, 36 years old. He's 61. He's been married three times to Mimi Rogers, Nicole Kidman, and then obviously Katie Holmes. So well, I think we're just curious. Oh,
0: here's some more about her. She's the daughter of, I guess, a prominent Russian MP. Um, a former model and the recent ex-wife of a diamond trading Olyarg, uh, Dmitri I can't say anything.
1: Dmitry Zekov.
0: That's how you say his name?
1: No, I just tried it, so that's where we're going. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh,
0: and I guess she's been in the news in the past for different legal and financial matters, but mainly known for modeling gorgeous gowns and attending high society parties. So,
1: all right. Well, she's pretty... Good luck. Pretty good girl for him. You know what videos I'm obsessed with, Dex? So, obviously, when you think Tom Cruise, he's one of the most famous Scientology members out there. I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on it. I mean, it's kind of, I will say on TikTok, there's this guy, and it's become like a trend where they hang outside the the deep fake. Well, they hang outside the TikTok. All these TikTokers are hanging outside the Scientology. Uh, church or not the church, but like they're like on the west on the Hollywood on the Boulevard on the Sunset Boulevard, I guess it is. That's a, and they, I they think just it's
0: kind of a, a Scientology location.
1: Yeah, and they kind of I don't want to say harass these people, but like they they do. But somehow mm-hmm. I'm very like fascinated when they people. So basically, these Scientologists are trying to bring people off the street and say, "Hey, do you want to do a personality test? Come on in, coming in." And then these people, these TikTokers, are streaming it on the on their TikTok. Saying, don't go in. It's a cult. Don't go in. And it's just like, I don't know. It's a really, I don't want to say funny, but I do laugh sometimes. But uh, it's just, it's a wild thing between these Scientologists and these people screaming "I'm saying it's a cult outside. And uh, I will say these Scientologists stay very calm during these very crazy situations. Honestly,
0: Scientology, I would not F around with it. They... They've got so much money. They will come stock your house. Like, uh, I, personally, yeah. it would not be worth it for me to for a TikTok. No, thanks.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You got to watch these videos because somehow then they find out in, you sometimes these people say something to the streamer saying, We know this. Ab-. It's a weird video. So, if you've seen these videos on TikTok, let me know in our Facebook group off the record because, uh, yeah, I kind of go in and out watching them. I mean, they kind of pop on my algorithm and I'm fascinated by watching them. Dax number five.
0: Number five, Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey revealing she uses a weight loss medication as a maintenance tool. And she's said that she's basically absolutely done with all the shaming everyone's been doing for the past 25 years. Um, so she, you know, listen, she's no stranger to scrutiny over her, lo- her weight loss or her weight gain. Um, she has been in the public eye for a very, very long time. She's been, you know, on a body journey that has played out on TVs and magazines, and she has uh, addressed it numerous times on her to- uh, well, on her talk show that ran for so many years. She basically said, you know, look, I was I was a public sort of make fun of me for 25 years. And so she talked to People magazine. She said, I've been blamed. I've been shamed. I've been blamed. I've been and she shamed herself. She said, um, you know, one time that really hurt her feelings was she was on Mr. Blackwell's list and she was on the cover of some magazine and it said dumpy, frumpy and downright lumpy. And I guess it just crushed her inside. She said, I didn't feel angry. I felt sad. I felt hurt. I swallowed the shame, I accepted it as if it was my fault. Um, And that, uh, you know, she's completely changed her life around at this point. She said, you know, it took decades of space in her brain and yo-yoing and feeling like, why can't I conquer this thing? Believing willpower was my failing. She said that she basically had a a knee surgery back in 2021. And then it kickstarted um, her weight loss journey over the last two years, she said that she started hiking and having distance goals each week. Eventually she would, you know, she would hike three to five miles a day and then 10 miles straight up uh, on the weekend. she said she felt stronger and fit and more alive than she's ever felt in years. She would stop eating after 4 PM, drink a gallon of water a day, use her weight watchers principles of counting points. And then she also uses a weight loss medication. She did not name what medication she uses um but she said look i you know i i i feel great and she freaking looks awesome by the
1: way holy moly she She
0: looks looks great so good
1: do you feel bad for oprah because her weight has been such a talking point over the years and i mean she honestly like i always thought oprah looked great she energy was always good So, I mean, I kind of feel bad for her that it's sort of become such a big story. However, I kind of give her, I actually give her a lot of credit for saying, you know what? I did, I have taken medication, but classy, I'm not going to give that medication the plug. I'm not going to reveal which medication I took. So um, I
0: think, I think the one thing though, yes, I feel bad. I also feel that she has been a huge inspiration to a lot of people for so long that have had their own weight loss journey. And so when she would lose weight and talk about it, I think it empowered a lot of people. And so I think she had a rough time and I can't imagine what it's like being shamed everywhere all the time. But she also brought a lot of uh, strength to people that needed it out there that weren't in front of cameras and weren't being shamed. And she would say, this is how I'm doing it. They would follow along. And I think a lot of people gained and lost weight along with her around the country.
1: Yeah, which was actually smart PR move. She did press this week for the color purple. This mm-hmm. story came out at the end of her press run, I think because she didn't want to talk about this during any of the other interviews. So at the end of the press run, this became a big subject of the press run rather.
0: That than picture though on her point. Instagram where she's in like a a yeah. purple dress. Oh my god. Like she looks, she looks so great. beautiful. What she is she 70 great.
1: now? I have no idea, but she's always she honestly Oprah always looked good to me. Like Oprah, I'm like no, she looks great for she, you know, like, am I gonna and get not, an Oprah not even like
0: 470? She looks just fucking great.
1: Yeah, she looks great. She does. She she looks great. She's got good energy. She's doing it right. Dax number four.
0: Number four. Kevin Costner and Jewel have been quietly dating for quite some time, uh, which is. I don't think anyone saw this relationship. Uh, obviously, there was a little sneak peek. A couple of days ago, they were spotted um, canoodling in the Caribbean. Uh, <laughs> and he, she was sitting on his lap. They have uh, apparently been dating for qu- quite some time now, according to Us Weekly, um, that they have had a very high opinion of each other and always gotten along great. They kind of ran in the same circle for a long time. I guess some of their um friends that they are um that they've had a long time are like i'm surprised they haven't they didn't get together sooner because they just it makes sense for them to be dating um but you know he's off fresh off of his very very high profile divorce with his ex-wife um so i am excited for them i mean that's kind of cool seeing these two date
1: i I am a little surprised no i get it i am a little surprised that these two ended up together Nothing against Jewel. Kevin is a, a big, good-looking guy. Jewel's actually awesome. Uh, I'm just surprised that he would go the celebrity route rather than kind of find some girl or some model. I, you know, yeah, I, but I'm it, just
0: Jewel, How often is Jewel in the press these days? You know what I'm saying? Like she, yeah. she's not out there constantly walking red carpets and doing this. So she almost is like a regular person at this point. Yeah, I'm not saying uh, she's not famous. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying like she's not touring the world every every year playing all this music and doing all these things having all these chart topping songs so she's going to have to step away and be that celebrity. I feel like she's much more down to earth and normal now.
1: No, I get it. Jewel, from my experiences she's super cool. I think she gets it. She's just not. She's fun and I, mm-hmm. I don't think she put all the pressure like, okay, we're like I think she could keep it very casual where I understand her going you just got out of a divorce. I don't know this is this is me just trying to figure uh uh I don't know I just think she would have a good approach during it all. I just think she would she wouldn't make it weird and uh, listen I think,
0: t- weird. I think we're making it weird
1: I think we're making it weird because we know we're, really <laughs> not with them. we're talking about like we're friends I'm like I've met her a decent amount of times, always cool, but I'm glad they're happy. Dex number three.
0: Number three, another relationship story. Selena Gomez got a new boyfriend. He goes by the name of Benny Blanco, which everyone should know that name. He is a huge music producer, huge in the music industry, has done massive hits with Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber, and I could probably name a billion other people. Um, uh, But she kind of announced this week that uh, they are dating on Instagram and just started getting raked over the coals over this relationship, which kind of made me sad. Um, and I think it lo- a lot of it honestly goes to looks. People are shallow in that regards. But Benny, I think people didn't picture Benny landing Selena Gomez. And, and so people were just giving her a hard time. And she was just like, F you like this is the happiest I have ever been in my life. He has treated me better than any other person in any other relationship. And so if you don't have something nice to say, get the hell off my page. Um so I'm stoked for her. That's awesome. Like again, didn't see this relationship happening, but good for them. And I'm I'm excited to see her happy. I don't know if did you watch her whole documentary? They followed her life. I did not-
1: I saw like, her hey, first it like, seemed... hour or so. Um yeah, it just, I mean she's it seemed,
0: like sad to me. She just seemed very like lonely and she she deals with a lot of medical issues and I felt like there's some depression in there and so you know if, if this guy is coming in and making her life lighter then I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, Benny's a cool dude and he's not the I I she i guess he's not maybe the typical guy she's been with in the past and maybe people are expecting something different but he's a he's a nice guy he's a real cool he's just fun he's funny and uh, i think that's what maybe she was missing someone who's fun and funny so good for them i would see anytime she's going to date someone who makes big news she's been you know she's dated she's got to quite the resume of people she's dated in the past and um yeah let's see the heart happy.
0: just wants what it wants okay
1: <laughs> exactly. So two relationship <laughs> stories in the back. Obviously, Kevin Costner and Jewel. now Benny Blanco and Selena Gomez. Now it gets to the weird stuff. Number two, Dax, SNL, tough week. What happened? Ooh,
0: they did have a rough week. So Cicely Strong, who was supposed to be back on SNL, this was going to be her first appearance uh, after leaving the show. And uh, she ended up backing out of the sketch that she was supposed to be in. So it was that big sketch that's been heavily criticized, the cold open, where it was them basically mocking last week's congressional hearings on anti-Semitism on college campuses. And uh, Cicely was supposed to play representative Elise and, uh And then she said, nope, I feel uncomfortable. I guess she was in the dress rehearsal, the whole thing. And at the last minute changed her mind and pulled out of the sketch and then uh, newcomer Chloe Trost or uh, came in and played her on air. But this sketch has been just ripped apart because it was not funny. I feel like it missed the mark. It, it, you know, that obviously those congressional hearings were pretty sensitive to a lot of people, myself included, but I think they just missed the mark on making it funny. At the end of the day, and a lot of people felt that they were like, This you had an opportunity, you had an opportunity to make a funny sketch because listen, at the end of the day, when there's a, a moment in time that everyone's watching and it's being played uh, across all of social media, there's gonna you you can make something funny out of it, and this wasn't funny, and so they're being dragged. And so I don't blame her now that I saw the sketch of why she would have wanted to back out of it.
1: Yeah, when I first heard the story, I'm like, dude, Cicely's strong. Is it because, you know, you're, you, you, I thought it was maybe something against the Jewish people or something like that. I, mm-hmm. For some reason, I, I went to like, oh, like, but then it went, oh, it just wasn't funny. They're just missing that kind of uh, well, premise it- or point. And I actually give her a lot of credit for kind of speaking. I'm saying, no, what, this is not for me. This is just not funny. And the pressure mm-hmm. to do that. I mean, it's not an easy decision to kind of say, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing this. It's just not funny. It's not hitting the point. And, yeah, that's a it's a tough decision to make, especially SNL with Lauren Michaels over your shoulder. But they allowed her to do it. And, uh, yeah,
0: I mean. I mean, good for her to also just to be a, a point in her life where she can back out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many people do you think would – just be like, oh, let me go through with it. I Think how many sketches she did during her time there that maybe she didn't love or didn't think it was funny, but she had to. And now she's standing up and going, no, I, this is not funny. This is not a sketch I want my name attached to. So I'm going to have to back out of it. Sorry.
1: Yeah, good move. Uh, but SNL's so on this news this week. There was a sketch on the show that uh, a comedian, uh, one of the guys on the show, say he stole the idea from another comedian. So um, that was on uh, page six this week. So, I mean, it was a rough week for SNL. That's that's, that's the, the second time. It's not the first time that SNL has been accused of kind of stealing material from people. Mm-hmm. Um, weird week props to Cicely strong to uh, kind of speaking up and saying, Hey, I don't feel comfortable doing this just because it's missing the joke or the laugh or just not strong enough and could be misconstrued. So, and, and, and I said, was the first I one. I guess yeah.
0: I guess the cold open is one of the last things written, and so um, I I think that it didn't get the time that it should have had to write something good. Again, I feel like with all pop culture, there's things that have happened that are so big in in you know the atmosphere that you should cover it. That SNL has you know the ability to cover all of these things, whether or not it you know stirs emotions up in people um i think they should cover it it just needs to be done in the right way
1: exactly dax the number one story of the week
0: oh kanye west wearing a kkk style hood how does that not get number one because this dude is freaking wild so um you know he surprised fans at this winward marketplace on tuesday morning um, with an album listening party, and gets up on stage. Uh, Ty Dolla Sign is there. Uh, Chris Brown was there. Like, all these people were there. Chris and Brown, Kodak
1: starts, Black, yeah.
0: And he gets up on stage, starts performing, and he literally is wearing, like, a black KKK-looking hood over. It's pointy. It's got eyes cut out of it. And the world's – their jaws dropped.
1: You know, you so were, I was, you were there, right? I, I was there that night. I saw him wearing the hood, but I couldn't really tell if it was that. I mean, there was so much going on, the you know, I'm trying to get my shot. I couldn't really tell there was, and that part hurts me a lot because I should have said, What what's up with the mask? Why are you wearing this? And kind of which I don't think he would responded to me, but at least I would have got the question out.
0: Um Do you think this is a like take the power back to yourself kind of thing? You know, like don't I feel let like this, this be a KKK thing. Like I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna make it more popular, and that way, it it takes the power away from the KKK. If that makes sense.
1: I'm all about perspectives. I just can't find a perspective where you could find this appropriate. Part of me feels or like or is this
0: just Kanye being Kanye and wanting to stir up and piss people off and get people talking?
1: I think Kanye considers himself an artist. He considers himself like a Mozart, which he you know. I could put away my anger for this aside. He is a very talented musician. With that said, he kind of treats music and life like pro wrestling where I'm going to make this character that people are going to hate because it's going to bring eyeballs to the attention to the music and say, okay, you came here, but now listen to the music and now you appreciate the music. So you came to hate me, but then you like the music. So I don't know. It's, it's a very weird situation because I, who knows? I, I really don't know. I mean, the craziest part for me even that night was not just the black KKK mask. I kept thinking, why is his daughter out at 2 in the morning on a Monday night Well, Tuesday Dude, morning? Dude, but she,
0: she's getting massive props right now. Uh, so she got up and, and lip synced a part in the listening party when she actually raps um, and kind of like performed it. And people are going crazy saying that she is now the princess of rap because she made her debut on his album. Um, people are applauding her saying that she's got the same confidence and swagger as her dad that uh, you know, she could really be the next big thing in rap. Ah, listen, I don't know off a couple lyrics, but um, I do, I do love that she is totally involved in this whole thing. I don't know why it's, I. for me, it's fun to see like Northwest up on stage. It's fun to see blue Ivy on stage. Like, I know there's, like, the whole Nepo baby kind of thing, but, like, at the same time, it's cool to see these young kids getting up and getting, like, an opportunity to, like, do this stuff.
1: Yeah, not for sure. Um, all right, Dax. Well, that is our top 10 stories of the week. Um, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow us on uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We're on it all. Uh, follow me at uh, Adam Glenn. Follow Dax Holt at Dax Holt. Um, make sure you join our private Facebook group called Off The Record. And, uh, talk to you guys later. Bye.
0: Ahura Media Production.